Did anybody have fun in the river today? <laughs> I think I got a little whacked. I can tell you I've only felt that a few times. I'm usually the one that tries to keep control, and I just couldn't do it today. Um, before I get in the sermon, I want to encourage you. I've got some goals for the egg hunt. One of my goals is 400 people. One of my goals is 400 people. Good. I'm not alone. Last year we had, we figure, over 300. This year, I'm asking God for over 400. So I'm actually going to be going through the village or the community, not the village, the community of Huntington, and I'm going to be putting on the doors egg hunt. And what I want to encourage all of you to do is to invite somebody that you don't know well or that your kids know and play with, invite somebody to come to the egg hunt. Invite a stranger. Invite somebody that maybe doesn't go to church regularly or maybe they don't go to church at all. I'd like to encourage you to invite them out. How else are we going to spread the good news of the gospel? And that's a very easy way. So I want to encourage you, if that means you invite 15 people, just make sure they register right away so that they get there and that we don't say, oh, our registration's full. But I want to encourage you. Do you think 400's a lofty goal? Is anybody game? Let's, let's go for it. Let's go for it. The other thing I have is um, I got a message from a gentleman named John Laframbrose. He was here about a year ago. He came and he fellowshiped with us. He didn't minister, but he fellowshiped with us. Pastor Nelson and I met him. Uh, Winona and I met him first, and then Pastor Nelson, I think, was in Costa Rica. And when he came back, we introduced him. And um, he sent me a message this past week. Should I turn this off? It's kind of popping a little bit. Is that okay, David? Oh, boy. Haven't done it for so long. There we go. Um, and, and he does evangelism. He knows uh, evangelist Daniel and Jessica King. He knows them. Um, but this guy, he's radical. And he goes out in the street, complete strangers, and he witnesses to them. And he was sharing with, with Winona and myself, I don't know if he mentioned it to Pastor Nelson, but he was in Florida, and he actually had a competition. This is going to kind of like, it, you might shake your head, but I thought this was like, cool. He had a competition to see amongst a group of people who could win the most souls. <laughs> it's like, well, I've never thought of that before. And he is passionate for it. So, he sent me a note and said, hey, I'm going to be coming down. He's moved from Florida. He's moved back to Canada. He is Canadian. And he said, hey, I'm going to be in your area. Can we get together? And so we're going to get together. But he's also said, if there's anything you'd like me to do, basically, he's available. So 
if there's anybody here, because I don't expect this for everybody, but there might be literally two or three people here that you, you, you'll go, you know what? I, that doesn't freak me out. Talking to a complete stranger doesn't freak me out. He would be prepared to come and to take some time with you and then to go out witnessing. And what that will do is that will equip you and help you. So if, there, if that intrigues you at all, let me know because I will have to arrange something. Okay? So I want to give that opportunity. Um, it, it's an amazing opportunity and some people think that would be awesome. We want to support you with that. So if there's anybody here that says, I'd love to go into the streets and just meet a complete stranger and ask them if they're going to heaven or to hell and, and then share with them the gospel. And he might actually ask that question. If you're at all interested, let me know because then I can see what arrangements we can make. He doesn't know the exact dates, but he figures it will be the next month. So that is available and open to you today. <sighs> now, I couldn't even stand today. When, when God overwhelms you, it's like my, my legs still feel like spaghetti. Um, the power of God is like powerful. And I've got two words for you. If you want to turn to Matthew chapter 4, I've got two words that the end of today, I'm asking God, that you will remember. Matthew, could you come up here? I'd like you to follow me around today. No. I don't need a stool. I'm doing this on purpose. It might be more to it than that, but I want Matthew to follow me today. Literally, follow me. He's game. He's got thick skin. I told him what I was going to do, and he said, that's going to be awkward. I'm game. I'll do it. Are you in Matthew chapter 4? Do you want to read that? 4, 18 to 22. 18 to 22. Nice, and I'll get you a mic. Project your voice. Be confident. Clear. Imagine a million people out there hearing you. <laughs> Now as Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. In the boat with Zebedee, their, fa their father, mending their nets, he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their, and their father and followed him. Amen. This morning, I want to talk about follow. Follow me. So I've asked Matthew here to be an example and an illustration. I've asked him to follow me during this sermon. Because when you leave, you'll forget everything I said, but you'll remember him. And you'll go, man, I'm glad Pastor David asked him to follow and not me. But follow. I, I want you to see two words in this passage, follow and make. Follow and make. You can never be made into something until you follow something. 
You have to follow something in order to be made. You might say, well, no, I'm, I, I, I didn't follow anything. And I said, yeah, I know you didn't. And what did you make? Well, I made nothing. <laughs> I love grandma. You state the obvious. I love that. That guy's following him. <laughs> you might get a little bit extra commentary today. Two words, follow me. The word follow, do you know what that means? I, I wanna, I've got a few minutes here. It doesn't mean Twitter and follow me. I think Twitter has actually degraded the word follow and has watered it down because now we just think, you know what? I know him, I follow him, therefore I follow. That's not what the word means. Sometimes we get the English rendition from the 21st century and it's different than the in intention that was written in the original Greek. So this word follow does not just mean I know his name and every once in a while he says something up in the cyber universe and I retweet it and I follow him. My goodness, some people follow and that's their concept. Well, I follow Jesus. I've been watching TV. Yeah, I do watch TV. And I've been amazed at how the term Christian has started to be used as if everybody is a Christian. It just starts to be so like, oh, I'm a Christian. And it becomes so that it doesn't distinguish at all. They just, oh, I, I'm a Christian. But the show doesn't convey the lifestyle that would dictate or would uh, exemplify what a Christian means. And what happens is we take these words and all of a sudden they become so commonplace and so regular that we miss what the actual meaning or intent was. The word follow means something. It means what Matthew is doing. He is I mean, if I walked down this aisle and I said, follow me, he would follow behind me. I told him, I said, I was contemplating asking him to do this right from the start, like when he got here at 9.30. Actually, he gets here at 8.30. Um, he almost beats me. He gets here early, and he makes sure things are set up for you. Him and Gift. Gift comes here. Did you like that vacuum cleaner? Yeah, that was pretty cool. We got him a new vacuum cleaner. He's smiling. He's happy. Um, so I was tempted to say, Matthew, once you've done everything, and I come through those doors, and everybody heralds my entry, I want you behind me, following me, from like 9.30 or 10 o'clock on. And I thought, no. And he says, no, Pastor David, people might think something strange. So I said, okay, yeah, I agree with you, Matthew. But follow. When that word means, when he says follow me, he says immediately they left their nets and followed him. In order to follow, you have to leave something. You can't stay planted in your chair and say that you're following somebody going outside. It means you move, you actually leave, you, take, you go from this place over here, and now you go over here and you're following, and you're behind, and you're going to follow whoever 
is in front of you. By the way, following means you're behind. If I said, Matthew, follow me, and then he got in front of me, that would be incorrect. But no, just stay there for a second. You're not following me right now. He has no idea what I'm doing. I mean, I could be making bunny ears behind his head. I could be making funny faces. I could be, he has no clue because he's not following. But when he's behind me, get behind me, Matthew. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> when he's behind, he follows. The word follow, when, when it says that they followed him, actually it has the letter A or alpha, and then it has a long Greek word behind it. And when you look at that, the word alpha doesn't just mean beginning, but what it means is it means it's a particle in union. So when, it, when, when you look at that Greek word and you look at it and you see what it means when they followed him, it means that they were a particle in union. And then the second portion of that word, the longer letter, and it's a bunch of Greek to me, it says it means road. So in other words, they followed or what they did was they joined him on the road that he was going. They joined him on the road that he was going. Another way of saying it was that they became part of what he was doing. They accompanied him. They attended to what he was doing. I think in today's world, we use the word follow, and it means I can make up my own mind, and I can decide what I want if I'm in or out. That's not what it means here. They left, and if you don't think they did, later on when the rich young ruler comes to Jesus and he says, what do I have to do? And he states everything he's done, and then Jesus finally says to him, sell everything you've got. And he says he can't do it, and then the disciples are going, wow, that's amazing. And they're talking to him, and then Peter says, Jesus, we've left everything. They left. They didn't say, ah, it's convenient today because I'm not working this week, so I'll follow you. But next week at 8 o'clock, I have to do... No, they left and they followed him. They joined him on the way. They joined him on the road. It means to side with his party. <laughs> have you ever heard the phrase, whose side are you on? That's okay, Karen. We've all heard it. You get into an argument with somebody? Well, whose side are you on? Are you on mom and dad's side or are you on mine? And what it does is it's a distinguishing space. It's a distinction. I'm either on this side. Who are you going to argue with and who are you going to argue for? Are you going to support me? Are you on my side? And what it says here, part of the word follow means to side with his party. In other words, I'm on his side no matter what. From that moment on when they followed him, it carried with it that I am now on Jesus' side. It doesn't matter what I used to do. He is now, I'm parting and I'm siding with his part. So if somebody comes up to me and says, well, Jesus said, yeah, you know what? I'm with Jesus. 
I have sided with his party. I have put my allegiances to him. The word follow today, it's a word of convenience. It's a word of comfort. But in the word of God, when Jesus called them, it was like fall, and they followed him. That meant something. They didn't just say, ah, well, I got a couple hours to kill. Let's see what you're going to do. Let's see how many fish you can make, make appear out of two. Let's see how many loaves you can multiply. It wasn't just, let's see what you do. It was like, no, they left everything and followed, and they sided with his party. Can you imagine having a discussion with them later? I think I'm just going to walk around a little bit. Do you see what it means to follow? Matthew was sitting down there. I asked him to follow. He had to leave where he was. And he's following. He's siding with me. Right now, if you asked him to come join you, except for his wife, anybody else that asked him, and maybe his in-laws, I'll give you some, some pull and some cred there. But anybody else, if you ask him, he'd say, no, I'm doing I'm following Pastor David. If it's his wife, eh, okay, I'll give it to you. That's a smart man. But he's following. He is siding with my party. If I get into an argument or disagreement with somebody, do you know what I know? I know that he's going to back me up. I know he's going to be on my side. So when I look around, whose side are you on? He's on my side. That's what it means to follow. It doesn't just mean I'll do it today and I'll see what I feel like tomorrow. Monday, you know what Mondays are like, first day of the week. Oh, that's a tough one. And I got to follow you? Do you know how crabby I am? I have to go to work. I had a nice weekend. Now I got to work for the man. I got to keep him happy. I got customers. Jesus, I'm not going to be on your side today. No, follow me means every single day I'm on his side. Do you see that? Am I making a point here on, on the word follow? It doesn't just mean follow and then unfollow. And the wind's blowing. Oh, oh it's warm. Come. Today is such a, oh, today is a gorgeous day. I mean, I was driving this morning, and the sun was up where I live, and as I got on the freeway, the cloud, there, there was fog, and the sun was lost, and as I approached the Sumas exit, all of a sudden, this orange light started to show up, and it started to get more intense and more intense, and it started to burn through the fog. I mean, it was just gorgeous. Tomorrow, it's raining, because <laughs> it does here in B.C., ah, Forget it, God. It's raining today. You had me when it was sunny, when life was good, when I was comfortable. But now today, it's raining. I'm a little cold. I got to get up. I got to do this. Forget it. I'll follow you when it's sunny. That's not what Jesus was saying. He said, follow me. And they followed and they left everything that they had behind and they joined him on that road. 
and they sided with his party. That one you just see, the other word I want you to see, Matthew, you're doing so good. Man. Actually, another example of following, yesterday I had Alan call me. He's not here right now, but I asked him if I could share. There he is. Zoom in. He's on the camera. But he called me yesterday and he was doing some cutting with the chainsaw. And I happen to have a chainsaw and he knows where it is. And so he called me and I, and I said, you can use it. I said, but it probably is dull because he used it the last time. And I said, was it sharpened? No, no. So I said, okay. So I was here at the church and I was talking to him. And I said, no, you have to follow my instructions. I was having some fun with him because I knew what I was going to preach on. So I said, you have to follow my instructions in order for you to cut the wood. Basically is what I was saying. So he says, well, what do you mean? I said, well, if it's dull, you're not going to get nice big chunks of wood. It's going to be very fine. So he calls me back. Ah, I think it's dull. I said, okay. So you have to sharpen it. So I gave him instructions. He followed the instructions. Did you catch that? He followed. Man, Alan, you follow instructions extremely well. You do, man. That, I mean, it was exceptional. I shared with him what, my knowledge of the chainsaw, and he looks and he goes, yeah, okay, I see this, I see this. Oh, yeah, I see. And he followed the instructions, and I get this text message back from him. I'm cutting twice as fast as I did before. Why? Because he followed the instruction. He left his idea behind and he says, I don't know about this. I will follow. I will side with his party and I will do what he says and he reaped the benefit. So, so follow is not just a word of convenience, but it's a commitment. It's a word of commitment. So Jesus says to him, follow. And then he, it's amazing. Have you ever met somebody that says, Follow me, and I'm going to make you. That's pretty bold. Follow me, and I will make you. And I find this interesting. They were fishing. He says, I'll make you fishers of men. Do you know that God is very relevant, and he's relational? He could have easily said, follow me, and I'm going to make you the best farmer in the world. And it probably would not have related or connected. So what he does is he takes them where they are. And he shows them where they're going. Jesus will take you where you are. He will accept you where you are. And he will say this is where we're going. And what he did with them was he took the picture of fishing. Which they understood without any doubt. And he says I'm not going to make you fishers. I'm going to make you fishers of men. God is very relational. He is very, and, and I find it interesting. He had a picture of them from the start. God has a picture of you from the start, what he sees you being. He doesn't say, follow me, and you know what, next week we'll figure out what it's going to look like. I, I'm not really sure I got this idea but I'm still working on it, but just follow me. He says, no, follow me, and I will make you 
fishers of men. The picture that Jesus, that our Father has of you, that the Holy Spirit sees of you, is a picture that is complete, is full, and finished. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. God looks at you and he has a picture of you that is complete and whole and functional. He doesn't look and say, follow me and, oh boy, that's a, no, he says, follow me and I will make you. And that word make, the word make is definite. I found this interesting when I studied that word. There's another word very similar to the word make. This word, make, refers to it being complete, thorough, and, and bringing forth. In other words, when God created, He made the earth. It wasn't something that took, it wasn't, a, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to keep, keep. It was something that was completed. When he says, I will make you fishers of men, when you look at that word and you study it, it says, it says oh, it's not to be compared or compare it to another word that they use for make. And the other word means there's progression, progressive, and it's a, a process. Jesus, his process is complete and done and completed. When he said, follow me and I will make you, I believe, and this is David's 316 version. I believe that that work was already completed by the words that he spoke. When he speaks to you, he speaks. He doesn't speak indefinite. He doesn't speak in confusion. He speaks clearly. And when he says, I will make you, that is already a completed uh, act. It is done and complete. We still have to walk in it. But he doesn't have to keep revising it and adjusting it and trying to, oh, I have another addendum. i got to change this. i got to change that. He says, I will make you. And that word make was clear. It's concise. And it isn't to be confused with the word make where we process and I make a cake and it's a process and I have to add this and do this and follow things through and I, I make something through a process. That word make is a completed act. Christ, when he looks at you, has a completed picture of you. When he says, follow me, he already sees the end. I was amazed this morning in worship. Monique, you shared a powerful, powerful word this morning about the awesomeness of God, about how amazing and how, how He's such a holy God. How can we, when we look at a holy God, not do what he expects or commands. And in his presence, and, and just the awe of being in his presence. And as I was listening to you, I was thinking, wow, follow me. Follow me. And you say, well, I am following you. I, I know we are, but I don't know about you, but I got to keep being reminded of this. I got to keep being reminded that my commitment is to Him. There are times when I like to get in the way. 
<laughs> Maybe that's why God decided to whack me pretty good this morning. I, every Sunday, I have an order of service. And I say, I went to Ariana at 11.05. You either pray or Pastor Daniel will come up and he'll pray and he'll close the service and we'll transition and do this and this. And I don't just say to Ariana. I said that to her this morning because she was leading worship. But I say that to everybody at 11.05. And God just likes to mess with me. That's a good thing. My wife likes that too. Because then she doesn't have to. And I followed him. And we can get so structured and so articulate and so clear on what we are doing. And I believe in goals. I believe in ideas. I believe in planning. I believe in structure. But sometimes we can get it so structured that all of a sudden we look up and the Holy Spirit's outside saying, can I come in? I want to encourage you in everything that you do, every single thing that you do, follow Him. Every single thing. Don't leave a single thing out. What I find is the more that I follow Him, the more I need Him because I'm going into territory that is beyond me. And I find as I follow him, I am being made into his image. He has already done the work. It is completed. And I am being transformed from glory to glory. I'm being changed. I'm becoming more like him. I want to give you a few steps, a few practical ways. Because this is me talking. A few practical ways. To follow. I want to encourage you to write these down because you're going to have to remember them. What is one of the practical ways to follow? Listen to his voice immediately. It says in this verse, and when you read it in Matthew chapter 4, that they left their boats immediately. Don't negotiate with God. Don't try to negotiate with God. You're not going to win. You might as well obey quickly and reap the benefit of what he has. So what is one of the practical ways? How can I follow? I want to follow him. Well, one of the ways you do it is you obey his voice immediately. How do you know his voice? The more time you spend talking to him, the more you know his voice. Second point. Practical ways to follow. Put yourself in a position to follow. Put yourself in that position. In other words, with all of your intellect and with all of your capabilities, literally say, I will follow. And tell yourself that you will follow. Make yourself follow. Say, I am not going to be the judge. I am not going to be the one dictating. I will follow. What that does is all of a sudden, Matthew's not making too many decisions. He's not making a whole lot of decisions because he's made his decision already. I'm going to follow. 
Now, if I started doing something silly, he'd probably be making a decision, but God doesn't do anything silly and stupid. He has fun. And he might push you outside your comfort zone. But he's always got, if Matthew knew everything that I did, I had his best interest at heart. If Matthew knew that, and I do, I have your best interest at heart. If he knew that, do you think he'd have a difficulty following? Or it would be easier? If he knew that I had his best interest at heart, it wouldn't take as much for him to follow. But if he had to question and go, oh, why does he want me to do that? Oh, why? He's going to embarrass me. He's going to make me look silly. He's going to expose me. He's going to tell me this or that, or he's going to make me stand in front of people and, and do, run around silly or do something. He know, but if he knows that I've got his best interest at heart, he will do, because it's a lot easier to follow. Jesus has your best interest at heart. He is not out to hurt you. He's not out to destroy you. He is out to bless you and keep you. Because he's already got this picture of you. Another way, make yourself accountable. If you want to follow, make yourself accountable. Talk to somebody that you respect and admire and say, I want to follow Jesus or I want to be accountable. Can you make me accountable? And what that does is that keeps you following. I see some bosses here. I see some employers here. If they had an employee that just ran around doing whatever they'd want and wasn't accountable, he wouldn't be following them. But if they have an employee that says, tell me what you want done, how do you want it done? When do you want me here? What time can I leave? What's this? What, what? He's following. Make yourself accountable. Learn how to take instructions. Throughout the Bible, people that followed had to take instructions. The disciple says, there's a whole crowd here, hungry people. And Jesus says, get me the food. Well, there is no food. Well, get me what you have. We got two fish and five loaves. A couple happy meals. He says, that he gave them an instruction. And when you follow the instruction that God gives, the supernatural starts to happen. Time and time again, David... He tried to put on Saul's armor and it wasn't good so he takes his stuff and he says, I got to do what I'm doing and he's talking with God the whole time. God's talking with him. He says, give me my five stones. Can you imagine standing in front of somebody who's way bigger than you and you got a stone and a sling? He followed the instruction. And if he was in today's world, he would have ran up there and taken a selfie with him and put it on Instagram. He cut the giant's head off. Learn to take an instruction, no matter how ridiculous it is. And can I say something? I learned how to take an instruction from Pastor Nelson. 
I learned how to take an instruction from my dad. I learned how to take instructions from men and women of God that were above me. Teachers in school. When I was in grade 12, a teacher gave me an instruction and nobody else followed it. I did. He looked at me and he said, David, there's something different about you. Learn to take an instruction. Learn to follow an instruction. Another way to follow is be prepared to learn. The disciples were raw. They were raw. Don't think you know it all. Follow. Be prepared to learn. Another way to follow is side with his party. Every time somebody comes to you and talks negative about God, you stop it in its tracks. That's not the king that I serve. Do not give any place to the enemy, even with words of doubt, words of criticism, words of ridicule. No. Either you tell them to be quiet or you get out of there. Some people you can say that's not right and other people you just leave. But you side with his party. I am on the king's side. Therefore, I will not listen or put up with trash talk about my God. If somebody comes and says, God doesn't heal. You know what? I don't spend a lot of time around them because my God does heal. If they say, well, God is not a good God. No, he is a good God. Everything he did was good. The only thing that wasn't good was when he saw man was alone and he gave him a wife. Everything he created was good. It took him six days to do it. <laughs> We've been around for thousands of years and we still don't get it right. Side with his party. When you follow somebody, you side with their party. I will not tolerate disrespect of my king. I will not. I may say something or you will find that I'm not around. But I will not tolerate disrespect to my king. I am siding on his party. I am following him and everything he says is good to me. That's what it means to follow. I am not going to listen to something that detracts or diminishes or makes my God smaller, weaker, lousier, meaner. He, that I am not listening to because that is not correct. I am siding with the King of Kings and that's who I live. And I will listen to His Word and I will stand with it. That's what it means to follow. Can you imagine following somebody that you knew where they were every time? Because ugh, I'm on His side. Two more things, practical ways to follow. Join, one of the words in, in that definition, join him as his attendant. Attend to him. Attend means to serve. When you follow him, you attend to him. You serve him. You serve his purposes. You serve his plan. You serve his thoughts. You serve his desires. You serve his word. You serve him. When you attend to him, you are parting with his side and you are serving him. And everything that my king wants is what I want to see happen. 
That's what it means to follow. And that's a practical way that you can follow. You can serve the one that you are following. You want to follow Jesus, serve everything he says. Man, that, that gets me. And the last practical way to follow, and Matthew's been doing it for about 30 minutes, accompanying him on his way. He's stuck with me. He's followed me. He's probably looked ridiculous to you, but you know what? You're not going to forget a guy that follows. You may forget everything I said. Hopefully you'll remember this smiling face. What does it mean to follow? It means to accompany him on his way. Join Jesus on his way. This year we said this is a year as you go. We were out last night with, with Sandra and Mike and she shared how she just had this amazing opportunity and she was sharing Christ with a young lady and she just says it was amazing. You know what she did? She put herself where Christ was and she was following him. And somebody asked questions and she just, she didn't make a big scene. She just started to share. As you go, as you go, you are following Christ. I'm asking him this week that as you say, I'm following you, Jesus. I'm asking him this week to cause there to be opportunities, events, situations, circumstances, happenstance that make you say, no, oh, I see Christ at work. I'm following him. I'm accompanying him on his way. I wonder what he's doing. And as you do that, you start to see the sick healed. You start to see the leopard cleansed. You start to see the hopeless get hope. You start to see the down and out start to get raised up. You start to see people's lives transform. Why? Because you are following Him. It's not a follow, unfollow button that you click on a screen. It's a follow commitment that I pressed in my heart. And I am not going to stop. I'm on his side. I'm accompanying him. I am joining him. I'm walking with him. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are such an amazing God, a loving dad, And you touched our hearts this week. You touched our lives today. Lord, I ask for everyone here today that, that we would just be mindful of you like 24-7. That's my goal, is to be mindful of you every moment. I don't do it enough. I'm not perfect. But Lord, I'm getting better. So Lord, I just ask that as we follow you, that we would be even that much more intentful, clear, 
concise, determined. And Lord, I ask for me that I would see someone that needs a touch from you. And because I'm following you, I would see what you're doing and I'd be able to share your good news with them. In your precious name, everybody said, amen. God bless you. Have a great week. We will see you next week.